0: Yo, what is the Upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gamer... Not Gamer. GX HockeyCast, episode 7. It's been a long day for me. I just got off of work. Long day at work. And goddamn, I'm tired and high. And we're gonna do this fucking thing. It's uh, 10 minutes till 5 in the morning. So let's fucking do this shit. I'm amped up. It's early as fuck. So let's do this shit. Um, so... If you haven't read the title, today is uh, another retrospective, and it's a tragic one, for sure, absolutely, in every Leafs mind. And what is probably one of the better moments of a Boston Bruins uh, fan uh, memory, because uh, goddamn, I can only imagine what it must have been like to uh, be a Boston Bruins fan watching that game. It must have been special. must have been special. I'm still waiting for that feeling. Uh, It's been a long time. I mean, I've had that feeling of uh, getting to the second round once a long time ago. A long, long time ago. You could check that out in the last episode where we did the 03-04 Toronto Maple Leafs retrospective. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I I thought it was pretty neat. It was fun for me to go back and look at some of those names and just kind of, uh, yeah, it was good nostalgia for me. I can go back to that moment very vividly when I was like nine ten years old that that age somewhere, but like yeah, it was a really fun time going back and we're going to have a little less fun, a little more torture, uh, in today's episode where we're gonna go back to the twelve thirteen season, where yes, this is uh one of many game seven losses that we suffered over the last decade. But um yeah, this is uh the first one in uh a while, I guess, because the Leafs didn't make the playoffs. Uh, For a long time, up until this 12-13 season, they didn't make it for nine years. So yeah, I had a long streak here in between, and if any of those seasons pop out to anybody, a lot of that was really just kind of bleak and dull in my memory, and not a lot of that stands out, just those tragic seasons where we would miss the playoffs by one point, which I believe happened twice under Matt Sundin in his later years. And then I, of course, remember the year he finally left to the Canucks for some fucking reason. I don't know. It kind of felt, kind of just felt right when he, well, not, no, it felt absolutely wrong that he went there, but I don't know. It felt like right when he was in the uniform because it was kind of blue. So, I don't know. It didn't feel as horrible. Like, imagine if he went to, like, Detroit, like a red color. Like, goddamn, like, what the hell? But no, we're not talking about those seasons. But um, doing twelve, thirteen this this time, uh, I did the due diligence and I watched, <laughs> I watched the game seven highlights again, and uh, yeah. So hopefully, you Leaf fans out there, you don't have to do that. I did it for you. I relived that. I was I I lived it live. We're gonna talk about it. But um, before we do uh, the retrospective, there are uh, there is news, and uh, I want to do uh, one guy first because I did him dirty, because I didn't call him out in the last episode. I just want to make sure we get everything ready. Uh, Mr. Bjorkstrand here, uh, he got traded to uh, Seattle for a few picks from Columbus. Basically, kind of gave him away, Um, and I think this is a really undercover, nice move for Seattle. Bjorkstrand is an underrated goal scorer. He had 28 goals in uh, columbus which isn't like a high goal scoring team or or a very effective power play team uh this last season or last while um i hope he can stand out more so in seattle uh hopefully he can have more of a, more playmakers we'll have to just wait and see but i can see him hitting 30 goals out there in seattle they're, they're desperate for scoring, so this guy's probably going to be option 1A, 1B. So I, I'm rooting for Mr. Bjorkstrand, and on top of that, he's got some term left. He's still signed until 2026, so that's pretty sweet. It's a solid undercover pickup for the Seattle Kraken. Um, I'm still tender about the Kraken. They hurt me so ever bad. I don't know. I think it's, more, it's not so much the Kraken, more so Grubauer that hurt me ever so much. Uh, I think yeah. I think it's more so just Grubauer. If you guys just get rid of Grubauer, I think me and Seattle, the Kraken, would be absolutely dandy. Our relationship would would rebuild, and and it would be beautiful. And I think we can get we can have a solid relationship. But you guys got to figure out the Grubauer thing. He's just kind of you know that that really weird friend that comes over all the time in that relationship that, like, one one party doesn't really like. That's you, Grubauer. You get the hell out of here, or you better rebound so hard this year because, goddamn, what a letdown. Like, jeez, I feel like he alone, like, that signing – I'm just going off here. I'm just going off a little bit on the Seattle. I'm sorry. I'm going off. But um, I feel like that signing of, of Grubauer, like, kind of threw a wrench – into their plans because that just kind of seemed like a spur of the moment like oh well i guess well he's available because like when they drafted all those goalies in their in their expansion draft they seemed fine like that like the drieger i mean fuck so tragic what's going on with that guy right now the poor guy he's just not going to play this whole season and shit and the season he had was pretty rough So yeah, I guess the future didn't look so bright after Florida, but oh well, it is what it is, but he, you know, he could still bounce back after, but yeah, he's out for a while. Um, But back to Grubauer, um, just left Colorado, like he could have easily just been in that Kemper spot uh, this season and won himself a cup, but I guess he took the money, uh, which is fine, people can take the money, understand that, but... Yeah, he just kind of really didn't live up to any sort of expectations of of anything that he did in Colorado. He was a Vesna candidate and then laid one of the largest eggs I've ever witnessed. I mean, good Lord, man. I watched some of the games and, well, you've heard. I mean, I I watched that one game against the Flyers and we saw how bad the Flyers were. And they absolutely lit him up like a Christmas tree. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty upset and my goalie stats were ruined and he ruined my fantasy season he ruined everything he ruined my life and i don't know how i'm gonna go back to fantasy after such a dreadful season that i had to go through and all the ridicule and the horrible trades and everything okay it's been a long day we'll get over it okay let's get into this let's do this okay so bjork strand that was the only trade that happened just the one trade but hey calgary flames fans we got some good news for you guys i hope i hope you guys like this news so let's just go back down to where we left off, uh, the last episode, we left off with, oh, man, okay, there he is, Jonas Siegenhaller, that's the last guy, uh, okay, good luck with that there, Jersey, uh, Henry Bowlby from the Florida Panthers, uh, I might just go ahead and skip, like, the, whatever, I don't know, like, the young, just, uh, what the hell do you call him, uh, league minimum, 750k, okay, Henry Bowlby, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, dive into guys that count okay this guy counts jesse pool god damn man what is going on with this guy and the and like okay if, if people are listening to me out there you must listen to steve dangle so i mean in the podcast the podcast i love their bit on the podcast where the they're they're pretending to be the edmonton management it's like this fucking piece of shit just won't leave no one wants this silly piece of shit and then they signed this piece of shit to a one year deal, 3 million dollars. I mean, dude, he had in 65 games he put up 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points. That's not bad. I just think it's the the, you know, the fact that he was drafted 3rd overall and there was better players drafted after him and there was a lot of hype around him because he was the line mate of Patrick Line, I think. I don't know. He was, it was there was like a Finnish superpower that year. That was the Matthews draft, and he was taken third in it. Um, yeah, I think he jumped up a little bit but I don't know the, the way that Edmonton's been run for so long like the amount of coaches they've been through the amount of first round first overall picks they've received and they've blown they blew Yakupov I mean that guy should have been an NHL like a, at least an NHL player like yeah I, I mean it was a weak draft okay I understand that it was a weak draft but but I mean his first season was so solid and he should have been fine but no I think the management alone and just the way that that team was run for that time it was horrible. Like he should, you know, geez, what happened to to fail for Yale and 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 the yak attack? Like, god damn it, that was fun. I liked Yakupov, man. And then the old timers shat on him because he celebrated a goal once, and that's not fine anymore. So fuck that shit. No, you should be able to bring back cool celebrations. God damn it, like fucking like what was it zuccarello and he shot the goalie and then he got jumped by the team like what the fuck man you should be able to celebrate this is bullshit matthews i'm putting you on 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 uh uh watch you better fucking go out there this season and do all the sellies like you always do but every game whenever you score i want to see no more of this emotionless no no more i want every game fucking absolutely ridiculous get out there this year okay just fucking change this shit okay fucking pull your RV. yeah I mean I don't know what they're gonna do with this guy man like they I think they've spoiled this guy uh he could have been he can still be a solid like he's only 24 years old man like yeah it's a little on the high age for uh, uh a flowering forward Uh, He's not, like, if he was 24 in a defenseman, okay, there might be a little bit of leeway there, but less so when you're a 24-year-old forward, and he's been in the league for a while now, and it just hasn't really happened. Uh, I I imagine maybe the one-year deal, if it doesn't work out at the beginning, they're dealing this guy, or they're going to have to deal this guy to save his career, or he's just going to walk or some shit at the end of this year if it doesn't, like, work. And, like, it hasn't worked so far, so I can't really see it, like, working out any better this year, but we'll have to just wait and see. Okay, some, I can't really say this guy's last name. I'm going to give it a shot. Tanner Lazinski. Lezin, okay, that wasn't that bad. Uh, two years, 1.5. League men. Mikhail Mjeltsev. Okay, he's one year uh, Colorado Avalanche. Ryan Donato. Okay, here we go. Um, one year, $1.2 million. I mean, 74 games, 16 goals, 15 assists, 31 points. That's a solid signing, $1.2 million for the Seattle Kraken. All right, here's an interesting guy out there, uh, Oli Levy. Now, that that name might pierce the ears of some Vancouver fans out there because you guys picked this, this guy over Matty Kachuk. Yeah, just let that sink in for a second. Just let that sink, okay? So this guy just signed a league minimum contract with the Ducks for one year. He played eight games last season, no points. What did Matty Kachuk do? Right? 105 points or whatever? just signed a fucking 9.5 fucking contract cashed in what the fuck god damn it like i felt so bad for this like even this player like god damn like that sucks but you know now he's in you know not a canadian market i forget where he was where he got traded to but wherever he was he's not there no more so it doesn't really matter but now he's with the ducks This is a different market. You know, people aren't going to know who this guy is at all. So hopefully he can lay low. I don't know about this guy if he's going to turn out. But he signs a league minimum with the Ducks. So, hey, if it turns out, you know, this guy was picked fourth overall once. There has to be something there. Maybe they can find it. So hoping for you out there. Only you levy. Danton Heinen finally gets a contract. He re-signs. I think he re-signed. Yeah, with the Ducks. Not the Ducks. That looked like a Duck. No, it was a Penguin. A Penguin is different than a Duck. Okay? Forget about it. Uh, He signs a one-year deal, $1 million, fine. I mean, he put up 18 goals, 15 assists, 33 points. I mean, 18 goals ain't nothing to sneeze at for $1 million. I'd be happy with that. 76 games, hell yeah. He played most of the season, so that's fine signing. Uh, Clint Costeen signs a one-year league minimum contract with the St. Louis Blues. I mean, this guy is still young. He's only 23 years old. I think he still has uh, the upside. I don't know how much upside He's only 23. I don't know what his upside is exactly. If he's a more of a middle six forward. Uh yeah, he only he only got into 40 games last season. He only put up nine points, four goals, five assists. So nothing really overly impressive, but he's still young, league minimum deal. So we'll see what happens with this guy. Alright, wow, okay. I just kind of noticed how much this guy got paid out of nowhere. Uh Ethan Bear re signs with the Hurricanes. One year, 2.2 million dollars. All right, not too bad, not too bad. I mean, it's only one year, so it is what it is. Uh, 58 games last season, 5 goals, 9 assists, 14 points. He is 25 years of age right now. Now, the 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 Hurricanes picked this guy up from Edmonton. Edmonton had, I don't know what the hell was going on there. They had, like, this plethora of younger defensemen for a hot second, and they just kind of traded them all away. One in the Duncan Keith deal, they traded one away, or they gave one away to the Ducks. Not the du- Why am I so infatuated with the ducks? Leave the ducks alone. Put the ducks away. God damn it! Uh, they they uh, gave Ethan Bear away to the Carolina Hurricanes. I guess not. Well, I guess sort of gave away, but they did keep. Uh, Tyson Benson is that his name I don't really oh I don't know his name but he was good I had him in fantasy all last year he was solid man like he was good I'm, I'm happy they kept at least one of them who knows though like any one of all three of these guys look like especially Ethan Bear he still looks like he has some upside he did sign for 2.2 so and Carolina has like they they make good defensemen over there they're solid they have a good system over there so I'm hoping that Ethan Bear can get a little bit more minutes this season we'll have to wait and see all right, from the New York Rangers, you got Capo Caco. He resigns. Man, this guy's only 21. Can people just lay off this guy? He's only 21 years old. Two years, $4.2 million total, $2.1 million per season. He put up in 43 games, 7 goals, 11 assists, 18 points. Uh, I know the points aren't up there for a guy that was drafted second overall. I understand that. But I think that and on top of that, they have a first overall pick there in Laffy Taffy. Uh, Shit! What's his first name? Alex Lafreniere. Lafreniere. We know his last name. His, name, his last name was Lafreniere. You know, not every guy that is drafted first, second overall is going to be your Jack Eichels, your your Connor McDavid's, your Matthews. The guys that come in right into the gate and they start to dominate right away. You know, Connor McDavid. He got hurt his first season, but he's he put a, he would have put up a hundred points that season too. He's a hundred point every single season. He's dominating. And Eichel was fine. Eh, well, t- and then Matthews, you know, he put up, I think almost, I think he put up 40 in his first season, but regardless, he put a fuck four goals in his first, first game. So yeah, uh, Maple Leafs fans didn't have to wait very long for, for this guy to shine and neither did Edmonton fans with McDavid. They had superstars, game-changing franchise players right out of the gate. Now, yeah, I, uh, you know, Laffy Taffy you know the hype everyone gets hyped okay like every guy that's gonna go for that's just how it is they have to they have to hype it up for TV and shit god damn it but not every draft is stacked and not every draft is filled with a franchise player. I don't really exactly recall Matthews being listed as like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know either that he was going to be this good. I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't know he was going to be this good. So what a treat, what a treat, what a treat for me. (laughs) I love, I love Matthews. And yes, I know uh, a lot going around uh, about Matthews and you know, with the Matt, with the Matty Kachuk thing and him walking away and wanting out of Calgary. And uh, I forget, I forget who it was that tweeted it out or whatever. I I don't know. Uh... But they're saying, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be Matthews in two years, yada, yada, yada. And, yeah, it very well could be, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, Brian Burke was the one that predicted that, you know, years ago. I'm just going to grab water really quick here. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. But Brian Burke predicted that years ago. Mm. Goddamn. But, uh, yeah, so that's always been out there, like, virtually ever since he signed that five-year deal. That's always been out there. That, you know, this guy isn't committed to the team and all that stuff, you know. It is, whatever he wants to do, that's fine. I don't, it it is, it's just, he can do whatever he wants. That's, we don't own the guy. So, yeah, it's going to be sad, but I'm going to be a fan of him for his whole career. Like, I think he's going to change the face of the game. He's more marketable than McDavid. Like, McDavid is, you know, yeah, he's a great, fan, phenomenal player. But, uh, Austin Matthews, I mean, Jesus, uh he just you know he just he seems to just be more interested in the cameras and mcdavid you know he's not very interested in that kind of thing but uh yeah capo caco that's what we're talking about uh, he's only 21 god i literally was going off on a tangent trying to buy time to figure out what the hell i was talking about i apologize uh we're talking about that just give the guy a break he's only 21 uh, yeah, he's not putting up the points, but his defensive side of the game is, like, better than you would expect from a younger player, so maybe this guy turns into a defensive stalwart, but, I you don't know, yeah, it is, I know it's, uh, the Rangers fans are a little bit un- impatient, but the fact that you got, like, this ridiculous rebuild happening and you made it to the third round in, like, two freaking years and us Leaf fans are over here and waiting for, like, what, fucking 50 years or some shit? We can't even get out of the first goddamn round, so you guys just relax just relax and be patient don't trade them away just yet and I think with the two-year deal they're they're gonna give them a little bit more time but I think the clock is ticking a little bit Braden Packle, uh, league minimum with the Vegas Golden Knights Matthew Joseph signs a four-year deal with the Ottawa Senators worth a total of eleven point eight million dollars coming out to two point nine five million dollars per season okay Okay, I mean, under $3 million, this guy, uh, he was playing with the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's their name, that's right, that's correct, and he got traded for the the fucking Nick Paul guy, and uh, he really kind of popped off there after he he showed up in goddamn Ottawa, because you know, he was, Tampa Bay is a really stacked team, and Ottawa didn't have I mean they were they're fine, but they were you know, they didn't they're not a stack stamp but But uh he came in there, and he put up the points, sixty nine games, Gaty, twelve goals, eighteen assists, thirty points, and a lot of that came when he showed up in Ottawa. So he earned he got a four year deal out of Ottawa. They just seem to be throwing around the money more so than I've I've ever recalled them throwing around. Uh it's under three Yes, what is it, Riblet? Do you wanna be on the podcast? You're being loud enough you could be on the podcast, god damn it. Uh, But that's an okay signing. I mean he's he's only 25 years old So he's gonna be 29 30 when he comes out of it. It could be a fucking bargain But it could also be like a meh contract that might linger a little bit, but four years uh, It shouldn't interfere with any of the bigger contracts. You know Stutzel is gonna have to be paid one day So on so forth they got a lot of young guys and one of the one of these days all the young guys got to get paid So yeah, that adds up really fast Uh, Some Nathan Gautier guy signed his ELC. Congratulations. Welcome to the NHL. Owen Tippett signs a two-year deal with the Philadelphia Flyers. $3 million total, 1.5 per season. 63 games last season, 10 goals, 11 assists, 21 points. This guy was, I don't know if he was a top 10 or just on the outside of the top 10 of a first round. 10th or 11th overall pick something like that Uh, it didn't really work out for him in Florida he was kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit they were a really strong team on the forward side for a bit there and he never really was able to crack the top six when it was time for him maybe to crack the top six but I think there is most definitely a top six opportunity more so in Philadelphia for him than he would have had an opportunity for in Florida he's only 23 years old so Yeah, I could see maybe this guy being able to still be a 20-goal scorer in the NHL. He's still young enough, but, you know, with the organization that is Philadelphia right now, they seem to be really wacky-tabacky. I don't know what's going on over there. It's funky-monkey. Owen Tippett, hopefully he can find his way there. He can find a a goal-scoring touch. Maybe he turns out to be a 30-goal scorer like I always thought he would be, man. I used to draft this guy all the time in the older NHL games when he was younger but uh yeah I, I was always hoping he would be a good guy good goal scorer he's probably i don't know if he's who knows if he's a good guy i have no idea i don't know who he is he signed he's a millionaire so yeah i'd like to be his friend john klingberg okay he finally did it but uh goddamn let's just talk for a minute about this guy and shooting his shot and kind of missing here jesus man he was overhyping himself like all season so much so that he like scared off his own team the dallas stars that i think wanted more than anything to like have him but he was asking for an absorbent, absorbent, I don't know, I'm okay, a lot of money for, he wanted eight years and he wanted a lot of money and he's 29 years old. And Dallas was, you know, trying to be smarter about that because they're kind of holding on to those contracts of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, which, you know, is really hurting the team right now. Those guys are paid a lot of money, and they're not producing to the amount of money that they're being paid. So, uh, yeah, they didn't want to have John Klingberg. Not that he wouldn't be producing to the level that he is. It's just like they're already, you know, getting buried a little bit. They got bigger fish to fry and robertson and ottinger to sign so yeah signing john klingberg doesn't didn't really make sense especially for how much so he ended up signing a one-year deal with the anaheim ducks for seven million dollars so he's getting paid but he's not getting what was the most important thing to him which was the term he's only getting a one-year deal so that's risky biz new because. You know, it would have been better. I'm surprised he didn't get a 2-year deal to kind of walk him up to that free agency when there would be more money for maybe for him to get. But yeah, he would be like 31, 32 years old. So, I don't know, man. It just didn't really work out for him. He was hyping himself. There's a lot of teams interested in this guy. I'm surprised that he didn't go to like I don't know, Montreal or something. But uh, I guess, you know, he ended up with the Ducks. It was weird. I thought for a hot second that I read that he re-signed with Dallas. But, no, he ended up with the Ducks. So, there you go. Uh, ELC signed by Boston. Brett Harrison, 19 years old. Welcome to the NHL. Leon Gonaki. Okay, one year. League minimum. Jalen Youpin. Chicago Blackhawks. ELC. Congratulations. CJ Smith. League minimum. New York Rangers uh, Tice Thompson, two years, 1.5, this is a, uh, league minimum, 23 years old, I don't know much about Tice Thompson, but he only got into two games last year, didn't get any points, so he's fairly young, so there might be an opportunity this guy can get onto the NHL squad maybe this year, uh, Calgary Flames, okay, baby, here we go, we're getting to you, oh my god, we're almost, there. we're almost there, oh my god, I'm so excited, so excited, they got him, they got a couple guys, uh, re-signed, that's, uh, good, uh, we'll get to that, okay, we're almost there, we're almost there, Okay, Calgary Flames, one year, Uh, Martin Pospisil. Good lord, good for you. Uh, League minimum, twenty-two years old, just a prospect. Oliver Shillington, here we go. Two years, $5 million, $2.5 million per, per season. That is a solid cat pick. This guy had a really solid, kind of a breakout season. 73 games, he got nine goals, 22 assists, 31 points. That's a solid season, man. And from what I hear, he's uh, pretty sound defensively. He's only 25 years old. Sadly, he didn't get a longer term deal which would have been better for calgary but it'll walk them up to that free agency where they're gonna have more money and stuff so that's fine uh as long as he keeps producing the way and maybe takes another step forward this season i could see him getting uh, a a nice bump in pay after uh, the two-year contract but uh here we go i'm just gonna skip one and we'll just get to the other calgary one since we're doing all calgary stuff andrew mangiabani hey hey he had a hell of a season he gets paid for it after having a 35 goal season 20 assists 55 points yes he was a hot uh starter and kind of burned out a little bit at the begin at the end of the season but you know the last few years have been weird maybe he's going to work on that in this offseason i expect nothing but uh absolute uh he's one of the hardest working players in the league and he's going to work his ass off this season to to do whatever he has to do to improve and to earn that money. He got a three year contract, seventeen point four million dollars for for the total. Can you imagine if he was making that much per season? God, he'd be like the way highest player. I don't even know if a player can make that much. Uh, Five point eight million dollars per season. That's. Uh, Everyone talks about the five million dollar deal. Now it's 5.8. It's in that. It's in that. You know that five to six million dollar range. Now some people say those are the kind of deals that break your team. It's like, what are you talking about? Some of those deals are the ones that make your team. I mean, look at like, fucking look at the Bruins. All they do is sign fucking five million dollar deals for the longest time. There, goddamn Patrice Bergeron on a, on a sweetheart deal, Marshawn on a sweetheart deal. They didn't have to pay Chara all that much. Now all of a sudden they're playing paying McAvoy like all this money I was like wow I couldn't believe I was so happy to see the Bruins actually having to pay a player for what they're worth that's good to see but uh Andrew Mangiapane man he's a dogged player he's gonna battle he's only 26 years old three years it's gonna walk him up it's gonna I think it'll be a fine contract now I don't know if he's always going to be hitting 30 goals but I think it's solid easy to say that he should be good for at least 25 goals but it's more what he brings just to the team I mean he's just a ridiculous worker he's he's a monster out there I, I like this guy and on top of that, he's more than likely going to, I don't know, well, now Huberto's there. But on top of that, I mean, uh, Kachuk left as well. So his role may increase even more so than he did this season. So we're just going to have to wait and see how he does this season. But uh, And on top of that, some guys don't produce as well after they finally get their t- contract. But like I said, this guy is just a battler. He's a worker. So I don't expect him to uh, dog it after anything like that. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers signed Zach McEwen One year, nine point Or, uh, holy jumping Nine, nine twenty-five Nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollars Good God He played 75 games last year? Jesus Okay, wow uh, Well, he is only 26, okay, he's, he's younger than I thought I was, I was maybe thinking of another defense. I thought he was like a defenseman or something Okay, so that's all the signings uh, There's only one little piece of news that I wanted to touch on Because it was funny uh, Dustin Brown so last episode we talked about him. He's getting his his number raised to the to the to the roof in the LA and stuff. Because he was he played there their whole the whole season. his whole career. Every every season, his whole career. That's how it works. Um he's also getting a statue. Apparently. Apparently that's true. He's getting a statue. Um That's interesting. Does Dustin Brown deserve a statue? I mean, fuck man. Played his whole career there, got Two Stanley Cups. He was the captain for both of those Stanley Cups. Yes, he got stripped of it, but... And he had some low points, but he battled back. And uh, I think it's just... Yeah, now I mean oh, the statues a little much. I mean, that's... Uh, that's impressive. I mean, that's impressive. Like, I don't think there's any other grinder power forward in the league that's that's gonna have a statue like that i mean like dustin brown jesus um yeah i mean though, great for him i've always liked dustin brown man except you know i i mean i I didn't I, it wasn't that i didn't like him when he was not producing well but i was like oh he know he's he's that's it and then oh he came back a little bit because man he used to be so damn valuable in fantasy god he was such a great fantasy asset okay so Let's get to the main event. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Let's get to the pain. Let's get to the suffering. Let's get to all that hurt. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go. The Toronto Maple Leafs. God damn it. 2012-2013 season. Now this season here was the uh, shortened lockout season. At least we got half of it back. It still fucking sucked, but we were fucking, I was amped. I remember my buddies were all amped that we're at least going to get half a season. It was better than nothing because, like, man, it's so, like, it gets so much worse. Like, I don't remember it that much when the first one happened in 2005. Uh, I was a young kid, so, you know, I can just go out and play and, like, do things. And, and, yeah, it didn't hurt that bad. Like, it was, yeah, it was like, oh, like, yeah, I cried about it, but it was like, ah, whatever. And then, yeah, you miss a season and so on and so forth. Life moves on. But this one hurt more more so than than others because like yeah, I was really into the to the Leafs at this time. I was like just a full-on fan watching every game, every season. And uh, never getting to watch any playoffs because that never happened until this fucking season, motherfucker. Yeah. Um yeah. Because of the shortened season, a lot of people give this team flack because yeah, it was a shortened season. Would this team have made it in a full eighty-two games? Mm, probably not. And there's really only one way to find out about that. And and we're gonna look at this team. We're gonna break. We're gonna look at all these players. God, some of them are just. And we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about them a little bit. And uh, there's oh, there's some there's some good names here. We're we're gonna talk about that awful awful playoff series against the Bruins. We're gonna talk about those games. We're gonna talk about some of the memories, some of the things. And, uh, oh, God, let's just get it done. Let's just get it going. And uh, let's just talk about uh, the coach. It's Randy. Oh, Randy Carlisle, man. 26-17-5. Yeah. Uh, not the best season, but, you know, they finished third. They got into the playoffs. That's all that really matters. Uh, uh, yeah. We were captained by fucking Dion Fanuff back then. Now, Dion Fanuff, gee... What can we say about good old Dion? Fucking double Dion. I really like Dion, man. Like. Yeah, he was fucking paid a lot of money. A lot, a lot, a lot of money for a lot of years. And he never really put up the numbers that, like, we never, I never really expected him to put up the ridiculous numbers that he was putting up in Calgary in his first seasons there. Like, wow, that dude was like, oh, my God, he's going to change the game good. Like, he was putting up over 20 goals. I think he put up 30. Like, insane amount of goals, man. Like, fucking hold on. Let's just go take a look at Double Dion really quick. Good, good. Oh. Oh, those Calgary Flames seasons were nice. 20 goals, 17 goals, 17 goals, 11 goals. Oh, and then he gets to Toronto. He got 12 with us once, which was nice. To, you know, his first season wasn't half bad, man. 82 games, 44, 44 points, but yeah. Uh, That was his best season, and yeah, it didn't get much better with uh, our relationship with Dion, but he was our captain. I enjoyed watching Dion lay some bitches out. It was really entertaining to watch him do that. He was a tough guy. Uh, You know, it's just he made way too much money, and it's just those great seasons that he had in Calgary. It just never translated over to Toronto, and yeah, just... uh... But he was fun while he was here. You know, it was nice that we got rid of him, though. It was, I was shocked that Ottawa took him. But uh, thanks for that, Ottawa. Okay, so let's get to uh, the scoring and the regular season. Let's talk about, uh, we'll go through all the players from the most points to the lowest points. And my boy, fucking Phil the Thrill Kessel, is number one. He was only 25 years old then. Right-winger. He played f- all 48 games because that motherfucker never misses a game. He scored 20 goals, 32 assists. 52 points, minus three. We're not going to talk about that. You only got 18 pins. Okay, we're not going to read off all those stats. But 52 points in 48 games. Damn, that's a hot season, man. 20 goals, that's good. That's pretty damn good. Now, it makes me like, man, I used to get so hyped when Phil Kessel scored, man. I got so crazy, like, when he scored. And now Matthew's like, oh, oh, it's like it gets exhausting sometimes. Maybe that's why he does the no emotion face. He's just so tired of scoring all these amazing goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, dude, Phil Kessel was my favorite Toronto Maple Leaf the whole time. Ever since he got there, he was my favorite. I just loved the way he played. He was so fast, and and his shot was so just, oh, oh, oh. When he could get it through all those legs, and it's just, bam, it's in there. And it's like, oh, Phil Kessel, fill the thrill, baby. I love Phil Kessel. I loved him the whole time. I was so sad. So sad the day he got traded, man. It made me so upset. But uh, Phil Kessel is an underrated Toronto Maple Leaf. It wasn't his fault that, like, you know, Brian Burke thought it was a good idea to have a winger, uh, be your franchise block, like, he's not, he wasn't Ovechkin, like, it rarely works, you needed a center, and yeah, he he traded a lot of good, good assets to get Phil Kessel, and, you know, the fans made him pay for that, but I sure as hell didn't, man, I love Phil Kessel from day one until he left, and I still love him, he's, I think it's fair to say that he's probably my favorite player <laughs> of all time, quite possibly, because God, I love him so much. <laughs> he's just such an inspiration. He's such an awesome guy, man. I could do a whole video once on Phil Kessel. Maybe when when he retires, I'll do a Phil Kessel episode for sure. We'll talk about Phil Kessel's career. And uh, yeah, man, only 25 here. Put up 20 goals, solid season. After that, you got the 22-year-old center. Can you guess him? Do you know who he was? Scored uh scored uh, 18 goals. 26 assists 44 points he was a plus 15 everyone he's 22 years old you know who that was Stanley Cup champion Nazim, the dream Kadri excuse me and on top of Kadri let's just throw that out there there's been a lot of rumors going around about the real Kadri not the 25 year old or uh, 22 year old Toronto Maple Leaf Kadri but the current Kadri that that is current the current one a lot of rumors going around with th- that this guy is agreed to a verbal contract with the Islanders, and that uh, Lou Lou Lamorello is up to his Louie things that he always does, and uh, he's like not going to announce it until like a really weird amount of time, like like day, like three days before the season starts. He's like, "Yeah, we signed we signed we an Kadri, eight million dollars, fifteen years." It's like what? What, what the fuck did you just say? But, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I can't say anything because it's not official yet. So I I don't know what's going on with Colorado. Like, I guess – I don't know, man. Like, they, they might just let this guy go. It would be a real shame of that happening, but – you know, they got their cup, so I can't, you know, they're still gonna be a contender for sure without Kadri, but yeah, it's gonna be a little bit tougher without him, because he filled that void so well, and he fit in on that team so good, but they got a hell of a, you know, that trade with Toronto for Tyson Berry, I mean, you guys won that trade so hard, so fucking hard, like, yeah, no, I mean, Kerfoot's good, but he ain't Nazem Kadri, man, like, I wish we could have just You know, it sucks that we couldn't make it work with Kadri. It was just, he just kind of burned too many bridges, man. Like, he kind of, you know, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. But he was here at this time. He was only 22, 44 points. He was having a nice season. He was going to have a few more really good ones here. And here's one. Now, this guy we traded for in this offseason, do you know who he was? He was traded for a fifth overall pick, a defenseman toronto maple leafs i think he was uh, selected in 2008 starts with an l his name was luke shen and we acquired from the philadelphia flyers in a straight up one for, for one for one hockey trade james van Reemsdyke for luke shen sent to philadelphia and thank you very much philadelphia because wow when i saw that trade go down i was like i like that i like that that's hot he was selected second overall yeah he was dealing with some injury troubles at the time in philadelphia but magically jvr didn't suffer like virtually any major injuries while he was a toronto maple leaf and then he goes back to philadelphia and got hurt right away it was ridiculous but dude jvr was a sick fucking leaf i really like jvr he was one of my favorites the the whole time he was here like obviously behind phil kethel he's never gonna pass phil kethel but JVR was a highlight, man. That guy would do some ridiculous things in front of the net. He was extremely effective on our power play. Like, he was destructive on our power play. And he was only 23 years old at this time. In 48, he played all 48 games, 18 goals, 14 assists, 32 points, minus 7. Not a big deal. There's going to be some some major, well, okay, they're not super major. I guess only one guy got a really major minus. But um, we'll get to him. Uh, solid season, man. Uh, he was on his way to some really nice seasons in Toronto and, uh, yeah, we had to, it was just like, we all kind of knew in Toronto that like when his time was up, it was like, yeah, like you're good, but you want, you're going to want too much money and we, we can't afford to pay, you know, a power play specialist that much money. Yeah, he did other things, but he was he's just so good on the power play, man. And so good in front of the net. And, like, he's hes better than John Tavares. Like, John Tavares tries, but he can't do what JVR did in front of the net, man. Like, even Austin Matthews, he tries. But he wasn't as slick, slick Rick as, as JVR in front of that net, man. Good God, he was good. Number four was Cody Franzen. God, this guy. Man, I was having... Having some just retrospective on Cody Franzen, like man, he was a good leaf. He was such a solid leaf, man. I really enjoyed this guy. We got him from Nashville, and I enjoyed this guy. He was big. He was a, he was an o okay, he was an he was good. He put up more points. He was a solid defenseman, not an amazing defenseman, but he put up more points. And this season, he put up four goals, twenty five assists, twenty nine points, which is a solid for a defenseman, like on pace for. 50, 50 50-ish, 45, 50-point season, so that's solid out of him. Uh, Tyler Bozak, god damn, Bozy, he's still going strong. He won his cup in St. Louis. I was so happy to see that for him. He's only 26 years old. In 46 games, he got 12 goals, 16 16 assists, 28 points, minus one. Now, Bozak was, uh, always, usually thrusted, well, depending on the team, he had some, you know, some se- se- seasons, he was, like, our first line center with, uh, Phil Kessel, and he had some okay seasons, I think he got, like, some, like, a 65-point season, let's just take a look at Tyler Bozak a little bit right here, let's take a look, he had some solid seasons here for the Leafs, so while his best season was 55, 55 points, and 16-17, he got, uh, 18 goals, 37 assists. So that was his best. But he was really consistent, man. Like, let's just ring off some of these seasons. Like, uh, 49 points, 49 points, 35 points, 55 points, 43, 38, well, that that thirty eight was with St. Louis, but man, he was a solid leaf. He was really good on the face offs. He wasn't the best defensively. He was. People always thought he was really good defensively, but no, he was a really like more on the offensive side. Honestly, he was a he would have been a really solid third line. He was an okay second line, but he got thrusted into a first line role. You know, the Leafs went a long time after Sun, Sundin without having a, a proper center, and and could we could have had so many more goals out of Phil Kessel if we just gave him you know that top, that top center, but we never really gave that to Phil Kessel, and then he goes to freaking Pittsburgh, and he's got all the top center gold in the world, and he ends up in the third line, but it doesn't matter, uh, we'll, we'll do that when Phil Kessel retires, we'll talk about that, you got Dion Fanoof, or Fagoof, as we used to call him, Fagoof, 48 points, 9 nine goals in, in 48, 48 games. That's pretty good. Did I say 48 goals? No, he got 9 goals. 9 goals, 19, 19 assists, 28 points, minus 4, 68, 65 pins You know, he got the he got the pims out there. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Nikolai Kuhleman, we used to call him that, uh, me and my buddy. Uh, cool, cool, cool. I can't do it as well. <laughs> that sounds fucked up. 26 years old. Holy fuck, Dion was only 27 back then? God damn. Jesus. Uh, Kuliman was 26. I liked Kuhleman, man. He had some really nice seasons. He was a little frustrating, but uh, I don't know. We just like saying "koo cool, koo cool, koo" cool all the time. So it was, he was a good time. He was a solid player, but he was just on some really shitty Leaf teams. So, uh, yeah, he he shined sometime there. He had that really nice connection there with Grabo and fucking Clark MacArthur. We'll talk about him in just one second. How about we just talk about him right now? Uh, Clark MacArthur, next up, 8th overall okay we won't do that anymore 20 27 years old in 40 games got eight goals 12 assists 20 points you know not the not the highest point totals, but he had some he had a nice season there in toronto let's just take a look that clock we send a lot of guys to ottawa man wow we only played three seasons here in toronto What? well fuck well in his first season pretty damn good he got 21 goals 41 assists 62 points that's pretty damn good. Then he went down to 43 and then 20. So yeah, he kind of dropped off. But when he went to Ottawa, you know, 55, he got up to 50 by 55 points, and then his career kind of, yeah, he had a kind of a tragic ending to his career. I don't remember the details fully, but I remember he had to retire or something like that. He didn't get to play a lot at the end there. But he was a solid player, man. I enjoyed him as a Leaf. He was kind of a Leaf like a, a fan favorite. He was he was well liked in here, here in Toronto. He wore the A A most often. Jesus, I'm go I'm losing it, bro. I'm losing it. Okay. Uh, Joffrey loop. Oh loop. Loopy loops the looper. (laughs) I don't know if he went by and what are you guys talking about? Was he a center? I don't recall him ever being a center on this team. I feel like that's an error. I don't think he was ever a center on our team. Get the fuck out of here. I'm pretty sure he was a right winger, dog. Okay, well, he only played 16 games. Yeah, he had some injury trouble. But, dude, Lupul had some sick-ass seasons here in Toronto. And we got him for, like, he was a throw-in from the Ducks. And we got some really good value. We'll we'll take a quick peek here at uh, Joffrey Lupul. But uh, he only had 18 points. Uh, Let's take a look at some of those nice seasons that he had here. Oh, my God, guy. Get it together. Okay. Okay. 25 goals, you know, he had 67 points in his first, uh, in his second, yeah, in his second full, he had in his first full season in Toronto, he had 67 points in uh, 66 games i mean yeah that was fucking nice and then it was uh he got injured and then 69 games nice and he had 44 goal 44 points i wish he had 44 goals but again he was playing on some shitty leaf teams man but he was a solid leaf and we got him for virtually nothing jay McClement, god we signed this guy for virtually only face-offs and he, he i don't know he didn't really it didn't really work out very well with this guy he only got eight goals nine nine assists and 17 points but jay McClement was a solid face-off guy like they would throw him out virtually whenever that one Whenever there was a face-off, they'd try and throw this guy out there. And and the coach loved him. Uh, Fucking Randy loved this guy. Mikhail Grabowski. Okay, so... We had an interesting relationship with Grabowski. We used to hate this guy, and no, I think we liked this guy, and then we hated him, and then we loved him, and then we hated him. It was a back and forth. Like, this guy just loved to be hated and hated to be loved. Like, I don't know what was going on with Grabo, but of course, if you're a Leaf fan, you watch Grabowski, we're always going to remember, remember that absolutely re- ridiculous shootout goal that he scored that one time with that uh, spinner ram. Actually, there was like a stream of hot goals he was scoring in the shootout. It was amazing to watch. I remember my buddy and I, we watched that one live. We're fucking losing and We're like, holy fuck, what did he just do? We watched it over and over and over again. That was probably the highlight of the season. Uh, He had a really shitty fucking season, this this one here. 48 points, or 48 games, 9 goals, 7 assists, 16 points, and he was a minus 10, the worst on the team. And he had a fuck, we'll talk about his playoff. But goddamn, he had some okay seasons here. You know, he came from Montreal. and that first season, he had 48 points. He had a 58-point season. He had a 51-point season. So we got value out of Grabo. He was okay here. It was just he was infuriating sometimes to watch. Uh, he wasn't very dedicated to the defensive stats of the game. Holy fuck, What did I, I thought I just saw something at the bottom of it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Carl Gunnarsson, I mean, he left and went to St. Louis. So we kind of let this guy go. Uh, the Leafs always thought he was going to be injury problem, but he went on and had a really long career in St. Louis. He was solid for us, man. He was just, you know, he's only 26 here. Uh, I think the Leafs thought they they saw what they saw in this guy. He got one goal, 14 assists, 15 points in 37 games, which is pretty solid. I don't know why we gave up on this guy. He was pretty solid, but oh well. Matt Fratton, Jesus. Man, this guy has been all over the map. I don't know what happened to this guy. I used to really like this guy. He's only 25 here, and he played 25 games, seven goals, six assists, 13 points. Yeah, he was all right, you know. I enjoyed this guy. He was. It's just. Oh, it just kind of brings back just bad memories though, of like those bad leaf teams and like not great players playing for us. But you know, sometimes the not so great players shine and not great teams. So yeah. John Michael Lyles. Oh, boy. He was one of the oldest guys. And if you haven't noticed, like, a lot this team was pretty darn young. Pretty darn young indeed. John Michael Lyles was the oldest guy on the team at this time at 32 years old. That was our oldest dude. And he played 32 games, 2 goals, 9 assists, 11 points. He was all right. I don't know. He was definitely overpaid. He got paid a lot of money. He put up some pretty good numbers there in Colorado. And he never really achieved that at all in Toronto. But, uh, yeah, he was really handsome. He had some really awesome eyes. And he's just really handsome. Oh, uh, here's, a, here's, a, here's a fan favorite, Leo Komarov. Oh, man, he was only 26 years old back then. Uh, 42 games, he only got four goals, five assists, nine points. But, man, he had some solid seasons, too, in Toronto because he was thrusted into that top-line role because of, well, it wasn't really his fault. But uh, his best best seasons he had uh 36 points 32 points you know now he wasn't always a big point guy but he was a heart and soul player and we really did love uh leo komarov it was a sad it was a sad to see him go to uh new york but he did his thing over there in new york and he was pretty well liked over there in new york as well until like the end when they kind of just wanted him to get that fuck off their team but we liked him over here in toronto at least i did mark frazier i remember him he was around for a short minute. And he played 45 games. He was a defenseman. He got eight assists. He was all right. He had to, he was okay. He was like a defensive defenseman. He was all right. Nothing to, you know, he was more of a depth defenseman on a, on a really good team. But uh, he, he played a lot of games and a lot of minutes on our team. Mike Koska, uh, I slightly remember this guy. He was 27 years old. Uh, he also only had eight assists in 35 games. Frazier McLaren. Oh, this was one of our tough guys. Uh, yeah, he got into some scraps back in the day. Uh, he was only twenty-five. He played thirty-five games, got three goals, two assists, five points, a hundred and two penalty penalty minutes. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming, uh, Fraser. Mark Mark Fraser had eighty-five as well. So this team could bang around a little bit. They weren't uh, the toughest. They weren't the. Uh, I mean, they had some toughness to this team. There definitely was no lack of it with this next guy, Colton Orr. Thank you very much. Oh, man. I used to remember watching this guy lose fights all the time. It felt like he always lost. 155 penalty minutes. You know, he didn't put up many points at all. And 40, he played 44 games. One goal, three assists, four points. And then our boy, Jake Gardner, he only played in 12 games this season, so I don't remember if he was hurt or not, or if we just got him at this point, but dude, Jake Gardner, damn man, what a a love-hate relationship, like, in, in the same game, he was such a rare defenseman where you can love and hate him in the same, like... 10 minute span it was ridiculous where he would make like he would do an endo like go end to end and score this ridiculous goal and then give it away and then they'd score it back and then or like give it away in overtime and then lose the game for us it's like fuck like what is this guy his inconsistency throughout his whole tenure in toronto was ridiculous yes he put up a lot of points but his defensive inconsistencies were so ridiculous and yes he was he was uh you know kind of the leader in some of the biggest gaffes in the playoffs that we had when he was on our team but uh there are there is some good news with jake gardner i heard he is cleared to return to play hockey so they uh they may uh we may see jake gardner actually play nhl games in uh, carolina this season which is nice because i am a fan of him like i do like him i remember like i just remember he was you know in so many good and bad memories but uh yeah, at the time when uh, his contract was up, it was it was go time. I think we all knew that he was hurt. He knew he was hurt, but he still wanted a, a lot of money. And, uh, yeah, he went off to Carolina. Uh, Cor- Corbinian Holzer. Goodness, I remember this guy. He was an okay defenseman. He was only 24 at this time. Played 22 games, two goals, one assist. He was a minus 12. Woof woof okay maybe he wasn't very uh, any good at all i don't know ryan o'brien oh my god i love that name he got he he didn't play very many games neither did ryan hamilton mike brown he could he, mike brown was fast as fuck man that guy was so fast james reimer oh baby he got 33 games in there let's see if i could get down to his states We'll have to look at... Okay, we'll go down and look at his stats later, but I just had to say his name. Dave Steckel, another one of those guys we signed for, like, face-offs. Like, he was supposed to be so good, and he was just kind of like, meh. Oh, dude, I used to love this guy. Joe Colburn, he's only 23 back then. He only got into five games, no points. But I always... Man, he used to be so good in the video games, at least. He was always, like, such a solid, like... Third line center, I was like, man, I wish he would be that good for us in, in real life. Oh, this motherfucker right here. Mike Commissaric. God damn it. Thirty one years old. He only got into four games. He cost us a fortune. He did nothing. He got no points. He was a plus two though, whatever. And uh yeah, fucking Mike Commissaric, man. I don't know what was going on. Our expectations with this guy were so high because he was like so decent in fucking Montreal. What the fuck, how many well I don't know. He's just a really solid, like, defensive, like, strong guy. And, like, I don't know, he's just, like, not that good in Toronto. Yeah, and he was always hurt all the time. He didn't play a lot. But we paid him a lot, so, fuck, good for him. I don't know if we sent him to Dot Island at this time, or is that where he went? Okay, so the goalie stats for the regular season. James Reimer, our boy, was only 24. Oh, what a young puppy. 33 games. He started in 31. Okay, hold on. I was I was confused by that. He won 19 games, lost eight. Uh, you, what the hell does that mean? Timeout, <laughs> shootout, overtime, overtime losses five. Uh, but he put up a 9.24 save percentage. Man, like without this guy playing that good, I don't think this team would have even made it in the shortened season. James Reimer took us like took us to this playoff. He was a mutant. He uh, played very well. He got four shutouts. Oh, James Reimer, if he just didn't get so many damn concussions, if he just couldn't stick that, stop sticking that neck out so far and fucking just stay in your net and maybe work on that rebound control just a little bit more, uh, he would have been a really, really good Leaf, man. But uh, it sadly didn't work out uh, here in Toronto. But for a hot few seasons there, it really looked like this guy was the real deal. But, uh, yeah, some injuries kind of knocked him off of that pedestal. But he's still playing in the NHL, so... You know, it'd be nice if you can come back, maybe hang out in Toronto for a little bit. Fucking Ben Scrivens, the scrotum, the scrotor. Good Lord, he was 26 back then. Jesus, I can't believe he got into 20 games and he fucking, he was a 7-9-0. Uh, but he did have a uh, 9-15 save percentage. So, you know, not bad, not bad. You know, I, I'd like to have that solidly for my backup. That'd be great. Merezik. Okay, that's why we sent you off to the sun. But, you know. It would have been nice if you just put up a 9:15. We could have kept you, and you would have been. It would have been okay, but you didn't. You didn't. Fucking UC Arenas, I slightly remember you. I think he was like. A, I don't know. He didn't. Uh, another guy that didn't work out. He was 25 years old. Fuck that goalie tandem is young. 24, 26, 25. Damn. But Reimer was hot at this time, man. He was real hot. He was real hot. And uh, yeah, dude. Let's get to. Um, Let's get to this. Let's do it. So the Leafs do finally make the playoffs for the first time in like nine goddamn years. I waited so long for this, and we draw the Boston Bruins, who at that time, uh, I didn't know too much about them. They were a pretty young and up-and-coming team. They had a lot of young guys. You know, some guys you might know, Patrice Bergeron, Marchant, Sagan. Yeah, all those guys were over there, and uh, yeah... They used to have a young Phil Kessel, too, but we uh, we gave them everything for him. And, uh, yeah, maybe if we just gave them one of those first-round picks, it wouldn't have been so bad. But, uh, yeah, we gave him two. Basically, we gave up Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton for Phil Kessel. In hindsight, yeah, that's a big price to pay, but, um, yeah. Oh, well, I enjoyed him. He was a really awesome Leaf, but it would have been better if we just, you know, tore it down and rebuild at that time instead of... You know, uh, giving away draft picks at a time when we were a shit team. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One day I got to do a video on the on the history of the Leafs and stuff like that throughout the 80s and stuff. Some of the bad trades and, and horrible management situations that they did. Okay, let's get the goal scoring open for the playoffs. Um, okay, and we'll get the... And we'll get the... Let's just go and take a quick hot look at the fucking roster of the Boston Bruins at this time. Okay? Are you ready for this? Brad Marchant. Fucking hate him. David Krejci. He's fine. Whatever. Tyler Sagan. I don't hate him as much anymore because he didn't play for Boston. Patrice Bergeron. I really fucking respect you, but I want to hate you so much. Milan Lucic. I hated him when he was in Boston. Nathan Horton. I hated him when he was in Boston. Zidane Chara, I hated him when he was in Boston. Rich Peverly. Dan Paillier, Dennis Seidenberg, I hated you in Boston. Dougie Hamilton, fuck you, he should have been a Leaf. Gregory Campbell, fuck you. Fucking Andrew Ference, fuck you. Chris Kelly, kind of like Chris Kelly. Jeremy Jagger, fuck you as a Boston Bruin. <laughs> Sean Thornton, fuck you. Johnny Boychuk, fuck you, god damn it. Chris Bork, Adam McQuaid, fuck you. Jordan Caron, I don't know you. Wait, Redden was on this team, why? Whatever. Mark Bartow, Wiki, fuck you. Carl Soderbergh, fuck you. Fucking Casper's Degelvins. Whatever. I can't. This one blew my mind. Tory Krug was on this team. It's like, holy fuck. This guy. Damn, how long was he a Bruin. He was only 21 back then. Like, damn. Tukorask. Ugh. Why? I was talking to a guy at work about this, and I don't even know why I had to bring it up. The whole fucking stupid Tukorask trade and us getting Raycroft and fucking goddamn stupid Boston. Aaron Johnson. Anton Hudobin was there. What the hell? Lane McDermott. Jay Panthalfo. Ryan Spooner was only 21. Jamie Tardif, fuck, man, they're what? Hold up, wait a minute. Where was fucking Tim Thomas? Did they already win their cup at this time? Oh yeah, they already won their cup at this time. Okay, their goalie tandem was fucking Tuka Rask and Hudobin. All right, that's pretty wicked. That's pretty tight. Good for them. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Hudobin was any good back then, but fucking yeah. Okay. Whoa! I just want to get that. Okay. So, I'm trying to get the goddamn thing. <laughs> I got. I got notes, and I'm trying to get them. I'm sorry about this. Hold on. I'll just wait. Uh oh, god. Okay, I did it. I'm sorry. God damn. Okay, we got our notes. I just needed to get the game logged for the fucking the, 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 the games of the all seven of them. So in the first game, so the Leafs obviously went into the series, they did not have home advantage because the Bruins were better than us and we barely deserved to get in and because of James Reimer, but uh yeah, we were here, so we're started out on the road. Uh yeah, we did not win that first game, but we did on the on the high side, we did score the first goal in the series, so that was nice. Uh, I think uh, it was JVR who scored. Uh yes, JVR did score the first goal, which was a nice goal. And then the second game, we actually won that game fucking 4 to 2. It was sickening. Uh there was a beautiful breakaway goal by Phil Kessel, like just went down five hole. And Phil Kessel was a monster throughout, uh, pretty much. Well, I think this was the only one that he was involved in for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But throughout his career, man, like every single season, he he was a monster in the playoffs. Like he was, he should have won the Conn Smythe in Pittsburgh that 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 one season or. Is that what the hell they call it? Whatever. He should have been the MVP because he was he was so good. And, God damn it, I know like Crosby could have got it next year, but one of those should have been Phil Kessels. He was so good. Uh, he, they wouldn't have won that cup without him, but uh, we wouldn't have taken Boston to Game 7 without Phil Kessel in this series. He put up 7 points in 7 games. And then in Game 2, oh, just got to get to it. Uh, they, the Leafs came, uh, lost the next two games, they lost 5-2, and then 4-3 to in Toronto, we lost both of our home games, but Lupo was hot at the start though, he was scoring some big, nice goals for us, and... Uh, once we move into game five, which the Toronto Maple Leafs, So at this point we were down in the series three to one. So everyone was writing off the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were pretty much writing us off from the start, but, uh, and us included, like, I don't think we went into the, into the playoffs with much more hype than the fact that we're just happy that we made it. And, uh, it was basically house money and, uh, how far James Reimer can take us as, as far as he'll take us. That's as far as we're going pretty much at this time. But, uh, in game uh, five we won it in uh in regulation as far yet yeah, in regulation we lost game four in overtime uh four to three we were close but not close enough in game five we won it though two to one this is where James Breimer really like saves our bacon. he's making some ridiculous saves but uh Clark MacArthur ended up being the hero of game five he scored this disgusting goal in it and uh clark MacArthur missed a couple games but he came back and when he came back he was good he didn't get a lot of points but the points that he put up really matter he scored some really big goals then in game six we also won that game at home two to one it was ridiculous the fans were always so crazy even when we were losing whenever we scored they were really ridiculous uh it was nice to see the the old like to go back in the old old days before the vid were uh you know the crowds were you know at times were different back then crowds were more ridiculous like i don't even care about the like the 2008 crowds like give me those 90s 80s crowds were really fucking crazy like like go and look up woodstock 1999 like look at those fucking crowds man like and oh my god like it gets really really freaking ridiculous but uh phil kessel was the one that scored uh the big goal that sent the toronto maple leafs to game seven I remember, like, losing my fucking mind when Phil Kessel scored, like, of course. And at this time, like, it was really hurting the Bruins and Bruins fans that Phil Kessel, you know, the guy that they traded away, he was a little bit of a Bruin. I wouldn't say a Bruin. I don't know if Bruin killer is the right term for it, but he definitely would always make his presence felt when he was playing against Boston, and they would do a lot to try and shut him down, but he would always manage to get a goal or at least an assist most of the time. Uh, Yeah, man, he he was able to get the points when it mattered. Uh, now we get to game seven the legendary the the legendary game seven now I remember where I was and when I was when I watched this game I was in my house with my three buddies it was me my buddy Billy Jesse and Cal we're all watching it together hoping that you know uh, game seven anything goes and you know we went in with you know the best optimism that we could for Leaf fans but we knew that you know hey if we lose and get destroyed it's it's it is what it is but the Leafs, this is where the beginning of, like, the Leaf choke happens, and the Leafs can't win a game seven, the Leafs can't win games that matter, and and Leafs can't hold a lead, and, you know, that stigma has stuck with us ever since this season, and, and this moment, this game happened, because, like, it's just kind of been a demon, you know, those, the demons that, uh, The the assistant coach, I can't remember his name right now, but McLennan or something, that fucking guy we had in the series documentary, no one knows what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, it's seriously been some demons that we've carried from those Boston series collapses, and this one in particular, you know, the defensive gaffs, the goalies not, you know, making the big saves when we need it. They make big saves, but not just quite when we need it. The defense is not strong enough in front of the net. You know, all these problems have been been there all the way back then it's not a new problem it's just a demon that this team has a filthy mean awful demon but uh yeah you know the boston scored the first goal in this game i do believe but fucking cody franzen man this guy was a monster in this series like he scored a lot and he came into this series ready to fucking go into a deep playoff run he came in and scored two goals in this game man he scored two goals um absolutely ridiculous man like we were going insane uh Leafs were up 2-1 at this point you know it this was one of the tightest butthole games if not the tightest butthole game I've ever experienced because (sighs) this one was just so much more like after we experienced the collapse like things changed a little bit after that like we were never comfortable with a lead ever since that as fans and we're doing better nowadays because we have so much goal scoring with with Matthews and whatnot but Yeah, back then, you know, goals weren't exactly the easiest thing for this team to come by. But it wasn't done there, man. Like the Leafs ended up going three-one. Phil Kessel scored, and then they went up fucking four-one in the third period. Nazem Kadri scored a goal, and there was fourteen minutes and thirty seconds left in the third period. I remember my buddies and I were all going crazy upstairs. My dad came into the room, and he's not a big hockey fan, but he heard us going all crazy and shit. And he's like, "Well, what's the score?" And we're like, "Fucking four-one. There's only like fucking thirteen minutes left." And he's like, "They're gonna lose." And we're all like, don't you fucking say that because we were fucking superstitious. Like, don't you say that shit. And he fucking did. He cursed our team, man. I, I, I fucking cursed my dad because he cursed our team. Because ever since he said that, man, like the second he said that, it's like the Bruins fucking hurt him. And you can tell when the Bruins scored, Horton scored a goal. And you can tell, like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because the Leafs got complacent. Like, I remember vividly, like, When Kadri scored that goal, like that celebration, that look in his face, the look on the team, they got complacent, man. They thought they won this game. The Boston Bruins fans thought they won this game because, or they they lost this game because they were leaving. They were fucking leaving the building. Like people were getting the hell out of here. Let's beat traffic. We're done. We're going home. And uh, no, dude, it was not over. When Nathan Horton scored that goal, you could see Lucic Lucic going around. He's getting hyped up. He's getting crazy. Chara's starting to go around everywhere, and everyone's getting nuts. And Patrice was, like, zoning in, and it was getting crazy. You could tell something was up. And uh, it was fucking up because Lucic scored a goal in front of the net. That was the Bruins fucking, like, Mantra at this time, they like, just get in front of the fucking net, fire everything you can at the net with screens in front. And dude, we were fucking panicking so much. Like, my buddy Billy and I, when we saw Nathan Horton score that four-two goal, I remember like me and him, like we weren't reacting the same way that my my buddy my other two buddies were because like we knew the hurt, we knew we felt a lot of pain over the last eight nine years where they weren't making the playoffs. We felt, you know, we've seen collapses before. And we felt that something wasn't quite right. Like the team was panicking. We could see it. We can tell. And all we can hope for is that we could is that the clock was going to run out before the Bruins could tie and win this game because it was inevitable. That's what they were going to do. They're on a fucking mission, and. They 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 like it wasn't working, it wasn't working, and fucking their screens weren't working, so they sent out the biggest guy they had on the fucking team. Six foot nine, Zidano Charo. They sent him in front of James Reimer. James Reimer couldn't see a fucking thing, dude. He couldn't see a goddamn thing. And then Patrice, goddamn Bergeron, with Zedano Charo and the screen, ties the game with under one minute left. The crowd was going absolutely fucking crazy. I can't even imagine how good, how the euphoria that they must have been feeling to witness this game. Like, they must talk about it still over there in Boston. Like, I wish I had a game like that that I can talk about and remember vividly. Like, oh, like, mine is the game seven that we had against Ottawa in fucking 2004 where Neuendijk scored those two dirty goals against the Leem. Like, that's how old my memory is. Like, I need a new memory. I need a refresher. I need something new. But no, my mer- my memory is always destroyed by vivid pictures of Patrice Bergeron and the, and the giant fucking goddamn locomotive of Zidane Chara and, and Seidenberg and all these assholes flying down on our team and beating us down and bullshit I hate it and then it wasn't fucking over man like Bruins almost ended the game after that like James Reimer had to make a save and like with 10 seconds left they almost won it there like we barely got to overtime like the Bruins were fucking relentless and then they get to we get to overtime we're all freaking out like i i could only imagine the smell in that room because we're all probably sweating like crazy because i was just so nervous like game seven overtime like good god like what an epic moment but like oh what a terrible moment to be in for us as maple leaf fans because like fuck we just gave up a 4-1 lead in in under like 15 minutes this is terrible we blew it with one minute left like, oh, like, all the momentum was in the Bruins right now, and they knew it, the fans knew it, B- fans were trying to get the fuck back into the building, because the idiots that left, left, like, who the fuck does that? If you paid, like, like, how much would it cost you to get into a playoff Game 7 back then? Like, fucking at least, let's say, $500? Like, what? I'm staying until they kick me out of the goddamn building, man. Like, fuck that shit. But, nope, we got one good chance in the in the overtime that was loophole and we got absolutely robbed by Tuka Rask and then fucking Reimer, like, oh, man. Like, as I was saying earlier, he's had some rebound control trouble, man, and, man, it just really came full force right here. There was just, like, a shot that came to him. He couldn't grab it. Like, it was right there and he couldn't grab it. It trickled out. It fell out. It bounced out to fucking you-know-who, Patrice goddamn Bergeron, and he put it away and, and I remember the commentators were almost like, they couldn't fucking believe it. The Leafs couldn't believe it. Reimer laid there on the ground just fucking in disbelief. He couldn't believe what just happened. He let in those goals, and he felt really bad for it, man. And, like, the team absolutely collapsed. This was the first major, major collapse of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I remember my dad was laughing, and we were all fucking devastated all th- three of us i don't remember if my buddy jesse was like all that devastated because i don't know how much of a leaf fan he is or not you tell me Jetty. but um yeah dude that was a really fucking rough night um i've been way more down like for a longer period as like more of them happen like i think the the columbus one took a i don't know that whole season was so fucked up with the covid and shit like that was just so disappointing that whole season fucking sucked And, uh, you know, the Montreal one was that one. I was kind of numb to the pain at that point. Like I, I saw it it coming. Like once it's, once the ball started rolling for fucking Montreal, I just, I have that, that spidey sense of there's a leaf collapse coming and it it happened. and, And that's what it was. They just couldn't score any fucking goals. So, yep yep, that's how it goes, but yeah, the second or third, I don't know how many fucking times we blew it to Boston, but the second one really sucked, man, like, they all hurt, like, this one really hurt because we were so fucking close, and they they battled back, like, we almost were able to battle back from a 3-1 series deficit, which rarely happens, and if we could have done it to the Bruins, but no, now they've done it to us, like, numerous times, they've taken taken us out in game sevens, and yeah, man, we've had some really ugly series with Boston, a ton of controversial moments that... I can talk about it in another time, but, um, yeah, dude, this one was a hard one to go back and relive for the fucking 18th time or whatever, how many times the internet keeps throwing this back at us Leaf fans, but it's out there, it happened, it's history, and it's always going to be there until the Leafs finally get over this hump and, and finally win one, and then maybe people will stop fucking... Reminding us of how many times we've collapsed and failed over the years in the playoffs. But this was the first major collapse. Um, What do you guys remember about it? Were you there? Were you at the playoffs? Were Were you a Boston fan? How did it feel to fucking have such a euphoric victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs and now be able to hang it over our head for the rest of our lives? Well, well, fuck you because Montreal has that. They can hang it over you because they always beat you in the playoffs. So, huh, there you go. Fucking Bruins fans. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, did you guys watch it? Do What do you remember? Do you remember any of the guys down there? Were any of those guys your favorite on this team? Were you a big loopal fan? Were you a Phil Kethel guy? I love Phil Kethel so much. Oh, my God, I can talk about Phil all day. He's so handsome. But, uh, no, seriously, but if you guys enjoyed it, make sure you're following along with the podcast. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel. We're still doing the Resident Evil uh, uh, Let's Play. Is It's almost wrapping up. Maybe in another couple of weeks it, it will be done. So if you guys have any suggestions or games that I should play, I downloaded a game uh, that I might want to do. So, well, you just have to keep an eye out and uh, keep staying along with the podcast and figure out uh, if you follow along on Twitter, you might get some inside information. So, um, that's going to be it for me for the week. Uh, there's probably going to be a whole bunch of news right after this gets uploaded because that's how it always goes. A whole bunch of news and shit happened after I uploaded the last one. So watch Nazem Kadri is going to get announced and, and all this other shit. But it doesn't matter. A fucking Kadri's going to sign with the Islanders. He's going to sign for $9 million, $9 million for five years. That's what I'm calling. And uh, they're going to announce it on October 3rd. Uh, because that's what Lou Lamorello is going to do. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you have any suggestions on what other uh, retrospectives of seasons that I can do I am will I would actually be interested in doing like those that 1998 to 2002 era Leafs like right before I got into it so then I can learn some history myself I'm very interested in history and numbers and stuff like that so I wouldn't mind going back and checking out some of those teams and reliving some of those moments because I missed those moments and uh, it'd be fun to go check out and uh, brush up on some of my Leaf history that I missed so I hope you guys enjoy the episode make sure you like make sure you follow all the links are down in the description below I love you